everybody, and welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on The Basement Podcast. Man, we are back. Ah, man. Oh, what a, what a tiresome few days here for the host of the world-famous Logan Blackman Show. I am, of course, your host, Logan Blackman, as we've already said. Before we get started, go and follow the Logan Blackman Show on all different forms of social media. Twitter, at the underscore LB underscore show. My personal Twitter is Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account, The Logan Blackman Show. And then my personal Instagram account is Blackman Logan. Go like the Facebook page and go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And also, go, and if you haven't already, go and check out the Teespring link. Now, if you need to know, if you don't know, which I don't, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't know what the Teespring link was to the Logan Blackman Show store. The Logan Blackman store is what we're calling it. The website link is teespring.com slash stores slash the dash Logan dash Blackman dash store. Okay, got it? Don't need to to be repeated anytime soon? Okay, but you should go to this website because we got some great stuff for you on here. We got some great shirts. We got some phone cases. We got face masks for when you go back to school and have to wear a face mask. We got everything. Sweatshirts. We got socks. We've got our coffee mugs. Like, everything you could ever want, ever, is on this website. It's perfect stuff. It's the greatest merchandise you'll ever see. We have the Ball Grabbers, new addition to the website. And, of course, purple shirt, long legs shirts are there on the website as well. Those are from... The two video, two of the videos that we have made so far on the Logan Blackman Show YouTube channel. We've got the We're Back video, which features Tim Dow as Purple Shirt Long Legs. And then the Ball Grabbers in the 2020 Throwing Challenge as Chris Alvarez and Noah Mueller. So go and pick up those awesome shirts. My favorite shirts and favorite stuff on the website is the TLBS stuff. And I really like the monochromatic sweatshirts as well. We got black on black, red on red, white on white, blue on blue, and green on green. We got... Ah, man. Just so many great stuff. So much great items on this website. Because it's pretty much just just great items. Stay informed stuff. Stay woke for Stay Woke Wednesday. And sadly, we did not get to a Stay Woke Wednesday this week. Heck, we didn't even get to to a lot of shows this week, let alone a specific show day. Like, you know, on Wednesdays, we do Stay Woke Wednesdays. Fridays, like today, we do Friday Fun Day. But this week was just tiring really tiring so the start of the week uh logan was working in newton logan was up in newton blowing compost with his dad and one of our plant one of my my favorite people on the heartland side of the company julio we're up at newton all day monday and tuesday so i didn't get a show recorded for tuesday or wednesday because i recorded the nights before sunday I was doing a photo shoot with Spencer, which I posted on my Instagram account. So go and like the Instagram account. Or go follow the Instagram account and go like the post if you haven't already. The link to the Teespring account, which I kind of forgot about until right now, is in the Instagram's bio. The personal Instagram bio of the show. Or of the show. My Instagram bio. Not the show's Instagram bio. Mine. So if you want to go there, look at that. Then I got home later. Then I went to go get Snookies, which is a beautiful ice cream shop here in Des Moines with my dad and my sister. So I didn't get anything done on Sunday. Just got home pretty late from that because the line was ridiculously long as it always is at Snookies. Monday, Tuesday, couldn't record anything because I was working super late. And then last night, or Wednesday in your case, was my mom's birthday. August 5th was my mom's birthday. So we went out to eat with her and two of their friends, a family friend's. And yeah, we didn't get, we left for dinner at like 630. I think we had, or maybe even earlier that we stayed till 930. I fell asleep at around 945. Maybe we left around 915 because I was kind of ushering people out because the restaurant was supposed to close at nine o'clock. At least that's what the, the internet told me. Maybe it was wrong though, but I cashed out around 945. And then my mom woke me up about 1045. Just say thanks for going out with her on her birthday. I was like, ah, great. Then I could fall back asleep, which was absolutely fantastic. But right now, it is 3.41. I am full of energy, and I am ready 
to go. And I kind of forgot about this because I'd like to forget about this episode. But we did have an episode premiere on Tuesday. Sadly. Uh, do not like that episode. So I would, I didn't even share it anywhere. I was telling my dad when we were up in Newton that I'm not going to share this episode. I'll share the entire podcast link. I ain't sharing Jack from the show, from that Tuesday show. I absolutely despised that Tuesday show. Absolutely miserable, miserable stuff there. But I'm a, I have a, I have a lot more energy than I did on Tuesday or I guess Monday night when I recorded it. I actually have somewhat of a script or resemble a semblance of, I don't want to call it a script, bullet points for the show. So I feel like today's show is going to be a thousand times better than the show on Tuesday or the show we recorded on Monday night. So right now, Thursday, August 6th, 342 right now. This is going out on August 7th. So let's just go right in to what we want to talk about today here on the Logan Blackman Show. Quick rundown what we're going to do. We got a Friday Funday tier list, as we always do for Fridays. We got some MLS's back tournament stuff to talk about, the semifinals, the second part of the second game of the semifinals for the MLS's back tournament is tonight, August 6th, between Minnesota United and the Philadelphia Union. So make sure you tune into that, or make, I hope you did tune into that, because I'm sure it was a fantastic game yesterday. Uh, we have news from one of the other semifinal games, a victory for one team that's already stamped their way into the final we have some college football news with some teams opting out some teams moving to new conferences and another conference announcing their schedule for this season and then you got some nfl news with we're just going to talk about this again because we've already talked about this on the show but the josh allen versus patrick Mahomes throw off it is looking more and more likely that is actually going to happen it looks like it is going to happen i think because they saw the video that i posted and said to themselves man that kid's got an absolute hose. We got to show him up a little bit. This kid's a nobody. Some random dude from Urbandale, Iowa. What? I'm Josh Allen. You're you're the most expensive quarterback in NFL history. The biggest contract in sports history. Patrick Mahomes. We can't let this kid that's making a certain amount of dollars an hour working for his dad and then not making anything talking about us. So what, what are we doing sitting here? Let's get it going. So we will preview that again, give a more in-depth analysis, go through the same thing that we talked about earlier too with my comparison things. I thought it was a pretty dead-on comparison. But I'm also, of course, biased in that regard because it was my comparison, and I think it worked. So I'm going to talk about it again. In case you didn't listen to that episode of Logan Blackman Show, we will have this one for you today. We've already talked about this, but we're going to talk about it again. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. But before we get into all of that, let's go back to the Friday Fun Day tier list, which, of course, this week with the MLS's back tournament slowly coming to an end, which is meaning the MLS regular season is coming back very soon, it seems. FC Dallas, and speaking of the MLS regular season, FC Dallas and Nashville SC have announced that they will be playing in the MLS regular season. So that's exciting. They're saying they're going to have minimal fans there. Both teams obviously did not take part in the MLS's back tournament. So it is good to see that they are coming back for the 2020 official MLS season. And we'll talk about the MLS's back tournament coming up in a little bit. But let's go with the tier list. This is just an MLS tier list maker of Logan's favorite MLS teams. We got five different tiers we got on here. We have favorite, like, neutral, dislike, and hate. And we've got all... The MLS teams here. Up to date, we got even got Inter-Miami and Nashville SC in this list. Sorry we do not have Charlotte FC or Austin FC or the St. Louis team or the Sacramento team. This is just the teams they're currently playing. So let's get this started with the easy one. Favorite team is Sporting Kansas City. Now, I know a lot of you sitting there going like, Logan, your favorite NFL team is the Buffalo Bills. Logan, all your other favorite sports teams are from Chicago and the Cubs, Bulls, and Blackhawks. Why are you not a Chicago Fire fan? Well, I'll tell you like this. Because when I was younger, I was, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I was good at soccer when I was younger. Not so much when I got to high school, but when I was younger, I was the bee's knees, to say the least. I was a pacey left winger. I could cut in and fire shots. I was just faster than everybody at that time. I had beautiful flowing hair. And I was just, I was just a blazer. 
I would rotate between left and right wing. I hated it because I hated tracking back. But I was, I was fast, okay? Just putting it like that, I was fast. I got a picture of myself playing in a tournament for JUSC when I was younger. I was number 30 when I was younger. I hated number 30. And the reason I, why I was number 30 was because we were the last people to choose a number. So I had two numbers left, and number 30 was the one I liked the most out of the, out of the two options I had. I think the other option was like 42 or something. Terrible number options. I don't even remember if that was the other number option, but number 30 was the number I went with. As number 30, I was a beast, flying winger all over the place. I wanted number five, didn't get it. So instead of getting number five, I got number eight because Clint Dempsey is my United States, my my favorite United States soccer player of all time. The GOAT of U.S. soccer, Clint Dempsey. Love Clint Dempsey. That's why I always get a little upset whenever I see Michael Bradley wear the captain's armband because I think, it pains me that Clint Dempsey got taken away. But long story short, playing for JUSC, we had a few field trips and stuff like that. Maybe not field trips, but trips down to Kansas City. We had a lot of tournaments in Kansas City when I was younger. And that was when they were called the Kansas City Wizards, or the KC Wiz, whatever you want to call them. That's what they were called at the time. And the tournament that we played in was in their like practice area. So we were always connected with this Kansas City team, whatever you want to call them, the Wizards or now Sporting Kansas City. But as we grew up, they built Children's Mercy Park, which I think was called like Sprint Field or something like that, or Sprint Stadium. I think it had something to do with Sprint. It was some phone thing, I think. Now, let's look this up, because I, I... Children's Mercy Park. Okay, let's see what... I think it was called Sprint Park, or Sprint Stadium. It was something like that, wasn't it? Okay, uh... Naming... I'll live strong. I knew that I had the yellow thing right. I, it was yellow and black. And then you had the whole Lance Armstrong thing. So live strong obviously is not the, the greatest. So Children's Mercy Park. I remember it was kind of weird when they first changed it from live strong. And then they changed the sporting park. And then now it's Children's Mercy Park. But playing for JUSC, our colors were sporting Kansas City's colors. That was always our colors. Navy. I don't, I don't know what you call it, call it sporting blue. It's not really Carolina blue, but a lighter shade of blue and white. Those were our colors. And for those of you who didn't know, JUSC Johnson Urbandale Soccer Club. But naturally, playing for JUSC and then eventually playing for Sporting Iowa, which was a feeder team in a, in a sense, kind of, if you want to call it that. I don't know if it's okay, like one of their affiliates. JUSC was an affiliate of Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Iowa is an affiliate of Sporting Kansas City. So, like, if you go down to Children's Mercy Park, you'll see the JUSC logo and the Sporting Iowa logos on a wall in the stadium. So, playing for them, I naturally just gravitated towards Sporting Kansas City or just the Kansas City team, whether you want to call them the Wizards or the Sport or Sporting Kansas City, whatever. But I remember when they built that park, and it was, like, really big news at JUSC. Everybody was so excited about it. It was sweet. So, yeah, naturally, I just went with Sporting Kansas City. I was like, I want an MLS team. I want to follow the MLS. I want to follow this. It's it's an American league. I got to follow it because I grew up, obviously, before Sporting Kansas City. I was a bit, I still am, a big Manchester United fan. We've talked about this before. They were on TV all the time. The only team ever on TV from when I was watching it, when I was really little. Now, obviously, they got that huge contract with NBC Sports now. A lot of Premier League teams are on TV all the time. And more and more soccer teams like the Bundesliga has FS1. Serie A has uh, ESPN. I think the Bundesliga 2 is getting ESPN stuff. Like, There's a lot of different leagues you can watch now. These kids nowadays are getting so lucky. Maybe not with Manchester United stuff, but with getting more exposure to the world of soccer. In the MLS, ESPN, FS1, MLS wasn't really on TV. The only time you really ever saw MLS stuff I mean, again, you saw them sometimes on ESPN. But other than that, you really saw them in the preseason tours of the big European teams. Like, I remember watching Mario Balotelli do his little, I don't, I don't remember what the, the the move is, but trying to be all fancy against the LA Galaxy and getting subbed off, like, right after he did it. I remember watching Manchester United play the Seattle Sounders and destroy the MLS All-Stars with David Beckham as the captain. I remember watching a lot of great MLS versus European team games. They're always fun to watch. Manchester United versus Chicago Fire is another one. 
And should I, I think they played RSL a few years ago. But Sporting Kansas City, I was always wanting to be an MLS fan. I always wanted to get an MLS team when I was younger. And playing for JUSC was just like, yeah, let's go there. Easy transition there. But a team that I was kind of a fan of when I was very little with the MLS, this is kind of when the MLS started to get more TV coverage. And I think if you, you know, everybody knows this person. So, or even if you don't watch soccer, I'm guaranteeing you know this person, David Beckham. So, with the LA Galaxy, I have always had a nice little soft spot for the LA Galaxy. Now, this is obviously coming from, now, Sporting Kansas City and LA Galaxy are in the same side of the conference. They're both Western Conference teams. Now, Sporting Kansas City, a few years ago, used to be in the Eastern Conference. Because there was a time where they played RSL in MLS Cup Final. Sporting Kansas City won. But LA Galaxy with David Beckham was just, I love David Beckham. David Beckham is one of my favorite players of all time. Watching him, not really for Manchester United, but knowing the name and just watching what he did and what he brought to the MLS, giving a bigger brand that had never been seen before with the MLS. Now, it had big stars here, but nothing like David Beckham. The most no, the most recognizable face in the world of soccer, probably, but next to Ronaldo, everybody knows who David Beckham was. So I've never really had, a lot of people hate LA Galaxy because they win all the time. Them and DC United, now DC United, not as, not as much lately, but the LA Galaxy just won all the time when they got Robbie Keane over, they had David, or Landon Donovan. They had a great team. Then you had Omar Gonzalez, Sean Franklin was on the team, uh, Alex De La Garza was on the team as well. They were awesome. And when David Beckham was the main point of that team, and they were just, I, I can't even put it anymore like that. And I love Chicharito, he's one of my favorite players for Manchester United in the Times. But, yeah, I, I like the LA Galaxy. They're kind of like the Yankees, where everybody hates them. You either hate them or you love them for MLS fans. But I never really I, – I just love David Beckham. That was it. Sporting Kansas City was never a huge rivalry with the LA Galaxy. So I was like, oh, David Beckham, yeah, let's go with them. But let's go with the LA other LA team. Uh, LAFC, I'm neutral towards them. I don't really care about – LAFC, I think their uniform's really cool. I think Carlos Vea is the best player in the MLS by a long shot. I think him and Joseph Martinez are number one and two. And while we're on that topic, let's throw Atlanta United in neutral as well. The five stripes of Atlanta United. Two expansion teams, probably on their days when everybody's back and healthy, which just announced, I think earlier this week, Joseph Martinez is not playing this season when the MLS season restarts. He's not playing, which is a big blow to... Atlanta United and their hopes for MLS Cup Final this year. But I, I just don't care. I don't really – never really had anything really bad or good to say about those two teams. They're two expansion teams. I've never really – just kind of there. I Simple. There's a lot of teams I could throw up in neutral. Like, I just don't really care about this team. Like, they could – whatever they do, I'll just never – like, FC Cincinnati, another expansion team. They won't harm anybody. They're just there. They're not going to hurt anybody. Come on, be a little nicer there. They're not going to do anything to you guys. Now, they obviously played a lot better than what I was expecting they would once they... I didn't even think they'd get past even close to the knockout stage of the MLS's back tournament, let alone almost beat the Portland Timbers. Did not see that coming at all. But they did. Yapstam, Manchester United legend, starting to build something there. Got some very talented players there, but defensively, not great. But they're just kind of there. I never really cared. Houston Dynamo... I dislike the Houston. I've never, never liked the Houston. I hate all the orange they have in their uniforms. I hate the orange stands. Actually, no. I, you know what? Dislike. I hate the Houston Dynamo. I hate the Houston Dynamo. Uh, Brad, Brad, uh, not Brad Evans. He played for Seattle Sounders. What was his name? He played for the U.S. Men's National Team for the 2014 World Cup. He's a left-footed guy, wore number 11, played for Houston Dynamo forever. What was his freaking name? I can't remember his name. But... Yeah, I never really liked Brian Ching. Uh, Kalen Carr, I think, was another player on their team that I just never really cared for. I hate all the orange they have. BBVA, BBVA Compass Stadium is an eyesore, okay? Like, if you like safety cone orange, and my sister had a room painted safety cone orange when we were younger, it's terrible. When there's a lot of it around you at one time, it is god-awful. And Houston Dynamo is a prime example of that, where too much of one thing is a bad thing, and too much orange, like Houston Dynamo have, is a terrible thing. 
absolutely hate. Let's uh, now I'm gonna get off the hate train for a little bit. Let's throw like Inter Miami, Nashville SC up in the neutral column. I really don't care about those teams. Like all the teams in the neutral column are expansion teams. I don't hate them, but there's one expansion team I do hate, and that's Minnesota United. Minnesota United. I don't now. This is also coming from one of my really close friends. We talked about he's one of the ball grabbers in the latest video. Noah is a Minnesota United fan. Minnesota United, much like Kansas City Wizards, we were up in Minnesota for Blaine's side. There's a Minnesota tournament up in Blaine, Minnesota. We ran that tournament. 2010 and May 2009 or 2011. I know we were there in 2010 because... After when we won the trophy, our coach was like, who's going to win the World Cup? I said Spain. Now, that you can believe me or not, but that was my guess. But our coaches were English, so one of our one of my friends said England, and so he got the trophy and taken home. We were going to rotate it, and one of my friends has kept it ever since. It is in his room. I could go to his house right now, walk up in his room, and take that stupid Eagle trophy. That was a sweet trophy, but we ran that tournament. Minnesota United, much like Sporting Kansas City, practiced – they're actually, I don't think they pressed it. I think that was their home stadium. So, Minnesota United was not a big team. <laughs> they had some good players, like Miguel Ibarra got called up to the U.S. men's national team a few years ago. He's nowhere near the U.S. men's national team now. I can't remember. Is he on Seattle now? I don't know where Miguel, Miguel Ibarra is. But I remember he went up to the U.S. men's national team for a little bit. Did some decent things. I think he has two or three caps for the U.S. Maybe I'm wrong. But I hate Minnesota United. <laughs> It it also boils over because of the fact that they scored those two goals against Sporting in the early stages of the unlosses back term. In the group stage, Sporting ended up winning the group, so it didn't really affect them anyways. But, man, I I just don't like Minnesota United. Also, RSL, probably the team I dislike the most out of the MLS teams. Uh, Real Salt Lake, for those of you who don't know, you see MLS legends like Kyle Beckerman and Nick Raimondo there. You had Morales there for a little bit as well, one of the more gifted players in MLS, technically gifted players in MLS history. I think, I think Michael Parker's play there. Uh, what was the dude's name? Brocker? No, what was his name? The Beard. He played for Portland and RSL, obviously. Brochers? Nat, Nat, Brochers? Is Nat, his name was Nat, I think. But he had a big beard. He was a very popular player for like a few seasons because of his beard. But RSL, Sporting Kansas City, obviously beat them in the MLS Cup on penalties. Aurelian Cullen scoring the winning penalty there. Beautiful stuff. Claudio Bieler scored the first one, if I remember correctly. It's a great game. Freezing cold game down in Kansas City. I remember watching it at my name and Papa's house. And it was awesome. But I hate RSL. Those three teams, I can honestly say I hate all three of those teams. Houston Dynamo. Minnesota United, and RSL. And probably in reverse order. RSL, Minnesota United, then Houston Dynamo. Maybe Minnesota might be creeping up on RSL. But, yeah, that's how I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Let's go to... I don't think I'm going to add anybody else to the hate category, but dislike FC Dallas. I've never liked FC Dallas. I don't really have a thing that I I can pinpoint it on. I just never have. They beat Sporting Kansas City last time I went down to Kansas City. It was a night game. Jerson Fernandez scored uh, Milan Barrios, I think, got a hat trick or two goals in the game or something like that. I think they won 3-2. to two. But, yeah, I've never really liked FC Dallas. Never have. And same thing with the Colorado Rapids. I've never liked the Colorado Rapids. Can't really, again, can't really put a big thing on it. Just, uh, like, Tim Howard, U.S. men's national team legend, the greatest goaltender in U.S. history. I don't think that's up for debate by anybody. He doesn't have a great relationship with Sporting Kansas City and their fans. Had a little bit of a, um, what do you want to call this? A not safe for work rant at the fans one night after a Sporting Kansas City versus Colorado Rapids game. And that's not why. I have no ill will towards Tim Howard. He played for Manchester United. He was on Manchester United when I had my first FIFA game with Ronaldinho, Del Piero, and Henri on the cover. I can't remember. It was like 03 or 04. One of those two FIFAs. I have no ill will towards Tim Howard. I th- Tim Howard is, again, the greatest goaltender in U.S. history. But it wasn't a great look. I've just It hasn't been just because of that. I hate their uniforms, too. Colorado teams, you need to figure out your uniforms. The Avalanche, 
the Rapids and the Broncos need to figure out their uniforms. Nuggets, you guys are all right. You're the only ones that have changed their uniforms at any point, it feels like, over the past 20 years. I know the Rapids, they did have a different logo and stuff when they first started, but dislike them. I hate, I dislike uh, the New England Revolution as well. I hate that they play in Gillette Stadium. I really don't like when MLS teams play in NFL stadiums unless they can actually fill it out. Like, Atlanta United can fill it out. Seattle Sounders can fill it out. But New England, they can't. They don't really have that massive of a following up there in the northeast of the United States. Now, they've had some good players like Teal Brunbury, played for Sporting Kansas City, went over to the New England Revolution. Uh, Juan Agadella was there for a little bit. Charlie Davies. A lot of people really like Charlie Davies. I have a nice soft spot for Charlie Davies. But the, it's just that they play in the Patriots Stadium. I really don't have any ill will towards any of the players. This is more of an NFL hatred going into MLS. And I feel bad that it has to happen that way. But here's a finger to you, uh, New England Revolution. Moving on to the next team here. What do we got to do here? The, mm, who else do I dislike? Do I dislike any other team here? Who would I absolutely dislike out of these teams? I guess I, I, uh, well, I don't really care about them, but maybe dislike to neutral with the Philadelphia Union. I like Andre Blake, but they're just frustrating. I've, I don't really have any other way to put it that I'm not just basing it off the last game. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of Alejandro Bedoya. They got some good young players there as well. Like Brandon Aronson, one of the best young players the U.S. men's ass team has at their disposal at this point in time. Mark McKenzie, a defender for Philadelphia Union. They might go up to neutral, but they're in that dislike. I put Toronto FC up there as well. I've never liked Toronto FC. They had Dwayne De Rosario, played for D.C. United as well. Uh, Canada's greatest ever soccer player for the men's side. Obviously, St. Clair is the greatest soccer player in Canada history, if we want to go off that. But I've never liked Toronto FC. I've never really had a nice, nice little affiliation to any of the Canadian teams. But Toronto FC, I've just never really liked them. Really. It's just, I don't know. I don't really, I've never, re- ah, well. See, now we're getting to the territory where I don't really care about any of the rest of these teams on here. I have a neutral feeling towards the Chicago Fire I kind of liked the Columbus crew. They were kind of a meme in high school for me and my friend group because that was one, like, uh, two of my friends, they played FIFA a few years ago. I don't know the whole backstory. You're going to have to talk to Daniel and know about this. And I can't remember if we, they played Daniel's brother and Daniel's brother was the Columbus crew and they were like some legendary team like Barcelona or something and he beat them. So the Columbus crew were kind of a meme team and I kind of, I really liked their old logo. Like with the three dudes on the logo with the hard hats on. That was in my FIFA game. Columbus Crew, first soccer-specific stadium in the MLS. Oldest stadium in the MLS when it regards to soccer-specific stadiums. So I've kind of like, I have a soft spot for the Columbus Crew. DC United, I think everybody liked DC United in the early stages of Freddie Adu's career. They were everywhere. I also, actually, I might move them up to like. Like or neutral. I don't, they're, they're teetering on that. Because Wayne Rooney, my favorite English player of all time, my favorite Manchester United player of all time, played for DC United. Bill Hamid has never really gotten a chance as a defender or a goaltender for the U.S. men's national team because he got like Tim Howard, Brad Guzan. Like you got players, the U.S. in their history has never really struggled at getting goaltenders. Like Casey Keller, uh, Brad Friedel. We talked about the two already, Brad Guzan. And now we got Tim Howard and then Tim Howard. Before Brad was on, obviously. They had Hannum in there as well. You got so many. And there's more. Miola, another one. Like, we keep going on and on. Now we got Zach Steffen in there. So, Bill Hamid never got really got a chance in that regard. And same thing with Sean Johnson as well. Not the Olympic athlete. The goaltender for NYCFC. Formerly of the Chicago Fire. And I put them in neutral. They had some decent players when they tried when they first started. They hold that holds Frank Lampard situation. That was really weird, but David Villa was awesome to watch for NYCFC, and they got some exciting players now. But I've never really cared. I don't, I don't know. Same thing with New York Red Bulls. I liked when Henri was there, and Bradley Wright Phillips always banged in goals from Sasha Clutchstone was really good. You got uh, Dax Mark, Dax McCarty was there, uh, Luis Robles was there, but I don't know. They they were really fun to watch with Thierry Henry. They were amazing to watch with Thierry Henry. I remember. I was at my Nana Papa's house. I was watching a New York Red Bulls game. I don't remember who they were playing, but 
Bradley Wright Phillips took a penalty off of Thierry Henry. I thought that was crazy. I don't remember if Bradley Wright Phillips was on a hat trick or something, but the fact that he was taking one instead of Thierry Henry was insane to me. Insane. I remember watching Thierry Henry in the latter parts of his Arsenal career and the early parts of his Barcelona career. We were at a soccer tournament. One of my friends from rival high school, Urbandale, Kachi, or, yeah, uh, he had a Thierry Henry jersey. And I used to just say, oh, you got a Henry jersey? Why you got Henry? <laughs> and, of course, he's on the cover of my FIFA game. Hated him at Arsenal, but he was awesome to watch in the MLS. He got the sleeves as well when he came over to the MLS. Uh, Portland Timbers, I dislike the Portland Timbers. It's just because of the double doink penalty offside of Abdul Salam in the MLS playoffs. The year Sporting Kansas City really should have won MLS Cup. Yeah, Chris, Chris, what do you want to call him? Krizikstan Nemeth. They've said a bunch of weird names for him throughout his career in sporting. Christian Nemeth. Let's just call him Krizikstan Nemeth. Uh, he was awesome for Sporting Kansas City. Dom Dwyer was on his peak. The team was awesome. And then the double doink penalty. I love uh, Portland Timbers fans. Their fan support is absolutely amazing. I love Providence Park. I think it's one of the best stadiums in the MLS. Maybe one of the most underrated stadiums in the United States. It is a great atmosphere. Every time you watch it on TV, it is awesome. But just solely off that, I got to throw them in the dislike. Always have bad luck against the Portland Timbers. Probably would have lost even if they beat the Philadelphia Union in the last game. Other teams on here we go. Terry Henry's team he's managing now, the Montreal Impact. Could care less about the the Vancouver Whitecaps. They're kind of just there. So we'll throw them in neutral. Uh, Orlando City. Uh, they had Kaka. They have Dom Dwyer on there now, one of my favorite players in MLS history. When he was on sporting, he was my favorite MLS player of all time. I love Dom Dwyer in sporting Kansas City. My first sporting Kansas City game, he scored two goals in it. It was freaking awesome. I was typing my dad about hyping up my dad about Dom Dwyer. And now it's sad to see him get hurt all the time. He rarely stays fit. He struggles for consistency from time to time. It might be losing a starting job to Akindele, the Canadian international. Remember when uh, Kyle Laren was there and he was supposed to be something awesome? Now he's struggling to get a game at Besiktas. Maybe he's not even at Besiktas anymore. I haven't been. I know that's where he went after he left Orlando City because he even was like, my goal is not to play in the MLS, and now he's struggling over in Europe. But he was awesome. He was really good for Orlando City. Kaká again was there. Um, dislike or neutral? I mean, neutral. Same with San Jose, Chris Wondolowski. MLS is all-time leading goal scorer. Sucked for the United States men's national team. And the Seattle Sounders, I'll throw up him in like. I've always had a sock because of Clint Dempsey, obviously. Clint Dempsey and Obafemi Martins were awesome together. Best strike force in the MLS. in the At the time, nobody was touching their strike force. Then you had the likes of Brad Evans, Osvaldo Alonso, Ozzy Alonso, now Minnesota United's captain. Then you had Casey Keller for that, like, two, three years. Eddie Johnson was there. Eddie Johnson was awesome. I feel bad about the whole Eddie Johnson situation with, I think it was a heart problem that saw him retire early. But he was, I loved him on the U.S. men's national team. But they had some really talented players. Chad Marshall, one of the longest serving MLS defenders in history. Not now, he's retired now, but then they had, was it Freddie Montero? Dude was awesome as well. Like, Seattle Sounders, I, and their fan support's amazing. And I, I honestly couldn't put Portland Timbers in neutral and say I liked the Seattle Sounders. I couldn't do that. So, let's recap my MLS uh, tier list. Maker, this is subject to change. I might change it before I post it anywhere tomorrow or Friday. I have to remember to post it. Because, again, I'm recording this a day in advance. So, favorite team, obviously, Sporting Kansas City. Teams I like, LA Galaxy, Columbus Crew. I hope they stay in Columbus forever. Oldest soccer stadium in the MLS. Soccer-specific stadium. There were threats of them leaving. I hope they stay there. And then the Seattle Sounders. With Clint Dempsey, Obafemi Martins were just awesome to watch together. The fan support there is awesome. I watched Sporting Kansas City beat the crap out of the Seattle Sounders. And their fans were just really funny the entire time. I remember they, they cheered after they got their first shot in the game at like the 88th minute of the game or something like that. It was really funny. Uh, neutral, all the expansion teams essentially. Other than ones like LAFC, Atlanta United, FC Cincinnati, Inter-Miami, Nashville. Nashville's played two games 
Inter Miami hasn't won a single game in their first five. David Beckham's the owner, obviously, so I have to have some likes for them. Uh, the Chicago Fire, another one. They don't have their new logo on here, thank God. <laughs> Worst rebrand of all time, the Chicago Fire's rebrand. DC United, another one. The, the Freddie Adu, early stages of Freddie Adu, was awesome. I think everybody was a DC United fan, at least somewhat a DC United fan. And Rain Rooney was there. RFK Stadium was always a nice little stadium for that weird stadium. But I'm glad they got Audi Field now. NYCFC playing in Yankee Stadium. They need a new stadium bad. Uh, New York Red Bulls, neutral. I loved watching them with Henri. They were just fun to watch. Him and Bradley Wright Phillips were insane together. Montreal, never done anything to me. Same with Vancouver. There's, Vancouver's just kind of there. Out of the Cascadia rivalry, I feel bad for Vancouver because they're kind of lost in the dust when you look at Seattle and Portland. I feel kind of bad for them. Orlando City, another one. And then the San Jose Earthquakes, my final neutral. Dislike, SC Dallas, Colorado Rapids, New England Revolution, Philadelphia Union, Toronto FC, and the Portland Timbers. And then Hate, Houston Dynamo, New Minnesota United, and RSL. Hate all of those teams with a passion. They're not moving anytime soon. I hate all of those teams. So let's hurry and get to our next talking point. So we obviously got the MLS's back tournament. We got the semifinals, the last semifinal game tonight between Orlando City SC and Minnesota United. That's going to be an exciting game. Orlando City, I don't think there's a lot of people that saw them this far in the tournament. I think the majority of people that predicted this tournament going, I would say a lot of people had Sporting Kansas City in there. I think a lot of people would have said they had uh, LAFC in the finals or around the finals. Atlanta United around there as well. And maybe the Seattle Sounders. And LA Galaxy can be mentioned up there as well. I don't think a lot of people saw Philadelphia, Orlando, or Minnesota United there. I think people could see Portland going up there. Some hipster picks could have been Columbus Crew. This is pre-tournament, not going into the bracket. Orlando City has been... I don't know. I did not see them beating LAFC after LAFC just pounded the Seattle Sounders 4-1 to the game before. Did not see that coming at all. The fact that they won at penalties was amazing as well. And Minnesota United, I didn't think they'd beat the Columbus crew. But I did think they'd beat San Jose Earthquakes. I, did, I was comfortable saying they beat San Jose. So they did. And now we got this game between Minnesota and Orlando. I am going to go with... Now, it's kind of crazy looking at what uh, San Jose did to RSL and LAFC beat Seattle. Seattle losing 4-1 to against LAFC. San Jose losing or beating RSL 5-2. to And then Orlando City beating Montreal by 1. And Minnesota United beating Columbus on penalties. Then now, we're kind of in the same situation here. Where one team beat a team by 3 points. Like San Jose and LAFC did. And we got a team scraping through a win on penalties. So if we want to look at it like that, maybe... Orlando City's got this one tonight. Maybe. Because if patterns are anything here, because the patterns are telling me the team that barely wins the game before is going to win the next game. Because you got San Jose and Real Salt Lake 5-2 to two in favor of San Jose. They lost 4-1 to one the next game. LAFC versus Seattle 4-1 to one in favor of LAFC. LAFC loses 5-4 to four on penalties. Now you got a team that scraped through on penalties and the other one that beat a team by three. By that logic, if this continues, which I'm not saying it will, because in my gut, I'm thinking Minnesota United's going to win this game. I don't want to say that, but that's what my gut's telling me right now, that Minnesota United is getting hot. Nobody expected them to beat Minnesota, Columbus Crews, just like Orlando. nobody expected Orlando City to beat LAFC. If they were, they're just Minnesota United and Orlando City fans. I think a lot of people expected... Minnesota to beat San Jose. I think that was pretty obvious. But I'm going to go with Orlando here. I know it's not technically a home field, but being in Orlando and the the form they're in, they're in a hot run of form. And not, not scrape, not like pounding teams. They're scraping out victories. And if they can continue stuff like this, then I could see them going to the finals. But Minnesota United with Adrian Heath, they've been using the fact that everybody wrote them off against Columbus Crew. And using that as motivation. This could be a close game. I could see this going to penalties, if I'm being honest. Maybe a 2-1 to one victory for the winner. 
I'm not going to say a winner because I can't predict a winner here. Because I want to go with my patterns, and I also want to go with Minnesota United going off of their their little, like, splurge thing. I don't know. It's going to be tough. Can Nani just guide Orlando City to a victory here? Out of both teams, he's the most talented player out of Minnesota United and Orlando City SC. I think even Minnesota United fans would say that. But uh, who's going to win this game? I got I to gotta say a team. But we'll talk about Orlando City, or not Orlando City, Philadelphia Union losing 2-1 to one to the Portland Timbers. Not very surprised. Not incredibly surprising that Portland won. Uh, Abobisi got a goal in the 13th minute. Sebastian Blanco got a goal in the 70th. And Wooten got a nice little consolation goal in the 85th minute. 2-1 to one final there for the Portland Timbers. They will await the winner of Orlando City, Minnesota United, which will be... Minnesota on penalties. So the final will be Portland versus uh, Portland versus Minnesota United. Am I confident saying that? Not at all. I really want to go with Orlando because I want to go with my pattern theory of going like, oh, the team that won three one or by three goals the game before loses the next game. LAFC lost. They beat Seattle by three. San Jose lost. They beat Real Salt Lake by three. Now we go Orlando screaming through on penalties. Minnesota United beating San Jose by three goals. I think Orlando City has a plan in what they're going to do, which makes me scared. I'm 50-50, like dead on. I don't know who's going to win this game. I do not know who's going to win this game. Who do I think is going to win this game? Um, uh, Let's go. I'm going to stick with Minnesota United. Am I confident saying that? Not at all. But we're going to go with it. So Minnesota United beating Orlando City on penalties tonight again not confident in saying that whatsoever but we move and it's official locked in minnesota united beats orlando city fc on penalties five to four finals and penalties actually no we're gonna go over six five on penalties in favor of minnesota united orlando city misses their last penalty man i'm not comfortable in saying that at all but uh yeah, let's just get off of that because I'm just going to keep going back and forth in my head about this. Let's go on to some college football. The other football, I guess you could call it. Uh, college football. So UConn, University of Connecticut, for those of you who did not know, has opted out of the 2020-2021 college football season. I mean, they're an independent. They recently went independent, which is probably the best move for them, to be honest. In the last three years, they've gone 5-30. and 30. Not great. They have not won a conference game since 2017, and that was August 21st. They've won 0-16 in conference play the last two years. They went 2-10 last year in the AAC. Yeah, uh, are we surprised they went and just said, let's just get ready for the season after, because that might be the year that we actually do good. Because <laughs> their head coach has not been great since he's come over. Randy Esdell, Edzel. Has come over and won four games in or five games in three years. That's not spectacular stuff there, to say the least. But they're independent, so it kind of makes sense. Like Notre Dame, they joined the AACC. Now we talked about this a few weeks ago in Notre Dame when everybody was trying to drop their non-conference games, and everybody's like, "Oh, what's Notre Dame going to do?" We said Notre. I want Notre Dame to go to the Big Ten. That's the dream of mine. We'll talk about the Big Ten in a little bit. And like UConn the AAC, Rutgers has not won a Big Ten, ten, Big Ten game in, I think, two years as well. Maybe a little longer than that. So Rutgers could opt out as well. Now, with all Big Ten play this year, it would make sense that Rutgers would just opt out because of the fact they haven't won a game in two years. And maybe more. But Greg Schiano is back. The Lord and Savior Rutgers football is back. So I, the dream is Rutgers leaves and Notre Dame joins the Big Ten. That's the dream. They're in the same state as two Big Ten teams are in Indiana and Purdue. So logically, you just go, okay, Notre Dame join. But if you look at every other sport they have, they're in the ACC for every other sport. They're in Big Ten for hockey, I think. And I think it's only because the ACC doesn't have hockey. Maybe it does. I don't know. I don't really call it follow college, college hockey. I'm sorry. 
But am I surprised Notre Dame joined the ACC? No. They're in there for every single sport except for hockey. I think they should join the Big Ten, but they've joined the Big Ten for this season. Now, for those of you who don't know, they've only joined for this season as of right now. There's no official word that if they are going to join the ACC all the time now or they're going to be in there forever. Now, Notre Dame, never been in a conference. This is the first time they're in a conference. and I, Maybe their history, if I remember correctly. But like you see teams go from independent to conference play all the time. Not in recent history. Well, actually, yeah, even recent history. Navy just joined the AAC a few years ago from independent. But you see the teams like Penn State was independent. They joined the Big Ten. You got Miami was independent. They joined the Big East. I think Virginia Tech was was independent for a little bit. There's teams that go independent and join conferences all the time. So Notre Dame is just that little stubborn kid like, oh, we got such a rich history. The Nebraska of Indiana is what it – they fit right in with Indi- with Nebraska in the Big Ten. Like, Nebraska's got the annoyance for the western side of the Big Ten. Notre Dame would be the annoying side for the eastern side of the Big Ten. Now, it makes so much more sense for Rutgers to join the ACC than Notre Dame. Notre Dame is in Big Ten country. Rutgers is pretty – is right about the same distance from all the other schools as Syracuse is. So, why not just join – the ACC. Get out of the Big Ten. There's so much less competition in the ACC than there is in the Big Ten. Like, you got to compete with teams. Now, Clemson, they're a pain in the ass to play, but so is Ohio State. So is Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska. All teams that are tougher to play. Even Northwestern. Might have forgot somebody in there as well. But in the ACC, you've got Wake Forest. Ooh. The Virginia teams. Ooh. Syracuse. Ooh. Pittsburgh, oh, stop it. NC State, Louisville, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Duke, Boston. God, there's too many tough teams in this conference. I can't take it anymore. I'd much rather play Iowa, Michigan State, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Much rather play those teams. ACC is too hard. So, yeah. Can we do a trade? I know there's like trade. The coaching trades have happened before, they're weird. But trades for coaches have happened. Like, Bill Belichick got traded to the Patriots. John Gruden got traded to the Buccaneers from the Raiders. Those are weird. So why not just send money to the ACC for Notre Dame, even though they're not... Or give them money to take Rutgers, and then we can just add Notre Dame. I say we, the Big Ten. I'm not the Big Ten. So we will pay you to take Rutgers off our hands. I'm speaking from the Big Ten standpoint. We will take Notre Dame. We will... Bite the bullet and take the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, you guys are getting paid a million dollars or a hundred million dollars to take this stupid team from us. And you go on your merry ways. And the ACC would go, no, we don't want Rutgers. And I wouldn't want you there. Really an eyesore to all other conferences in college football. They don't fit in the Big Ten at all. They would much rather be, be best suited playing in the ACC. Notre Dame would be much more suited to play in the Big Ten. They play Big Ten-style football. Like hard-nosed, physical, run-down-your-throat football. And they'd fit right in. Now, the western or the east, eastern side of the Big Ten would be very, be very lopsided, to say the least. So you've got teams like Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, and then you had Notre Dame in there. You'd have to make some situations there where Notre Dame – would join the Western side of the Big Ten. So you'd have to reassemble the conference a little bit to make it a little more even, maybe bring back the, the Legends and Leaders thing that they tried to do when the, the the Big Ten first added Nebraska. That thing was weird. <laughs> the legend. Who all remembers the Legends and Leaders division? That was fun. Legends and Leaders. What, what a time to be alive there. But yeah, added Maryland and Rutgers for whatever reason. We'll, we'll take Notre Dame. You guys take Maryland and Rutgers. We'll give you two teams for the price of one. Like, just even for this season, we'll give you them. And after this season, you can just keep them. Just keep them. We don't, you don't need to return them. It's like a loan deal with option to buy. But you're going to buy them. We're going to make you buy them. We're not even going to think twice about this. <laughs> what? We're going to cut our phone lines. We're going to shut off our fax machine, i.e. Manchester United with David De Gea and Real Madrid saga. Shut off the fax machine. 
and just keep Rutgers and Maryland. Even if you guys don't want them, make them go independent because we don't want them either. Make them go back to the ACC. Maryland is an ACC team. Why the hell did they join the Big Ten in the first place? Well, I know one real money, but blah, whatever. Whatever. That's what I say about that. But speaking of the Big Ten, they did release their conference schedule. And uh, there's some interesting things going on here in this conference schedule. So for the first time, and I think they said since 1942, I guess was right, that Ohio State and Michigan will not play each other on the last game of the season. Michigan and Ohio State will play each other on October 24th. The biggest rivalry in college football, the game, is not played on the last game of the season. That's weird. You got the likes of Auburn, Alabama, last game of the season. I don't. They're not doing Florida, Florida State, but that was the last game of the season. You had some big time conference games, or their biggest rivalries. You usually play in the last game of the season. Iowa finally bumped Nebraska off that. Now it was going to be Wisconsin before we reshuffled the schedule, but now Iowa will be playing Ohio State. Iowa got a tough little road. In the latter part of the season. First part of the season, breeze. Absolute breeze. Maryland, Purdue, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Illinois. Minnesota just lost their best receiver, probably their best player in Rashad Bateman, who opted out for the season. Speaking of opting out, Buffalo Bills cornerback Trey White, second best corner in the NFL, is saying he is playing this season. That is tremendous news for everybody involved. Maybe not teams that are playing the Bills this year, but everybody involved, everybody else involved. But Bateman's opting out. Big blow to Minnesota because everybody was excited to see Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman again. Bateman was around a top 15 pick, maybe top 20 if you want to push it like that. He's up there. He's a first-round lock. I think everybody can agree on that. So not having him is going to be big for Minnesota. And they already lost likes of Johnson from last year. They lost Antoine Winfield Jr. from last year. Big players to lose. So we'll see how they do, see how other receivers can step up. Because now their number one and two receivers from last year are both gone. One going to the NFL, one opting out for the NFL eventually. But yeah, those first six games for Iowa, cake. Easy. Like, easy. <laughs> you have to go on the road to Purdue Minnesota and Illinois, oh, man, scary stuff, especially Purdue and Illinois. Iowa's always had struggles playing there. Now they say they're going to struggle this year. But that last four games of the season, could you guys have added at least one of those teams to the top half of the schedule, please? That would have been nice. Purdue, or not Purdue, Penn State, after a bye, fair, and then Michigan State, and then a bye, and then Wisconsin, and then Ohio State on the road. Now, there won't be any fans, I would imagine, for Penn State and Ohio State, which is going to be huge for this. Because if there were, I would have zero confidence. Like, you can start the season 6-0. and I bet they finish 6-4. and Because, uh, maybe not 6-4, and playing at home against Michigan State and Wisconsin, they love playing those two teams at home. Now, with no crowd, be a little tougher. But, man, it's tough. It's going to be scary. Now, from Wisconsin, I'd be shocked if they didn't win the West with their schedule. Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota, Maryland, and Purdue. Not necessarily going through Satan's Gate to get through the Big Ten West. And then you got Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, and then Rutgers to end off the season. Your toughest team you're playing is Iowa, who lost a starting right tackle, their best corner, best safety, and their starting quarterback from the season before. Man, Wisconsin, I would imagine, loses one game on here. And I think that's to Iowa. I bet Iowa can beat Wisconsin this year. So I think Iowa will go 7-3. and three. I think Wisconsin will go like 8-1 and one or 7-2. and two. They will not lose to anybody other than Iowa and Michigan. That is my prediction right now. I cannot see them losing a team. Maybe they lose to Minnesota. Maybe. It's always a nice little rivalry there between Minnesota and Wisconsin. But the rest of their games, I don't really see them struggling in. But, man, Iowa-Ohio State, last game of the season. I saw a tweet about this when the schedule first got released of, man, it's going to be weird seeing Iowa and Ohio State play each other 
the last week of the season, then playing like two weeks later in the Big Ten Championship game on December 5th. Man, sometimes how it works. Ohio State, Iowa. Man. I always had some fun experiences at Ohio State, at Ohio State. God, everybody remembers the James Vandenberg game that Iowa would have won if Ricky Stanzi hadn't gotten hurt against Northwestern. I think every Iowa fan can agree on this as well. Maybe fans from around the nation don't agree on this, but if Ricky Stanzi never got hurt, Iowa goes undefeated. Because James Vandenberg against Ohio State threw five interceptions. He did not play good against Ohio State. Or Brown, five interceptions. Not great. But as a true freshman, playing at the horseshoe, taking them two overtime, everybody's like, oh, what a performance by him. Actually, it wasn't great, but how he lived, he didn't let it bother him, it felt like. Then he had Adam Robinson getting hurt as well. Like, man. And then he just pounded Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl, so I was fine. But yeah, that's your Big Ten schedule for like Iowa. Red, there. That's the only team that anybody really cares about right now. For the Big Ten, we fully expect. I think. I expect Ohio State to win the Big Ten. I expect Ohio State to go to the College Football Playoff. I'm not really going to be shocked if they go undefeated in the regular season. Like they have tough games. Yeah, play Michigan, Penn State, then Iowa. You play Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, and Iowa for the last five games of the season. It's not the easiest stretch, but it's Ohio State, so they'll probably make cake of that. They, I don't think Ohio State will really struggle too heavily in that regard. I think they'll be fine. I think Ohio State is going to be fine. I think Ohio State's Gucci for that part. So, yeah, that's your Big Ten conference schedule. With Rashad Bateman sitting out, that's going to be big. Now, again, ACC, if you're listening, we will send you Rutgers and Maryland with $100 million for Notre Dame. For this season, it doesn't even need to be all time. Just give us the season, and then you keep Rutgers and Maryland full-time. That's the kicker. Yes, you might be getting that for a season. On face value, oh, that looks good. But you get them for the rest of time. You can't give them back to us. You get them speaking for the Big Ten. And finally, before we close out this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show, Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen again because we've done this already. We just might as well do it again. So it looks like it's happening. Josh Allen went on Good Morning Football the other day. I think it was yesterday. And, or was it two days ago? Yesterday or two days ago. And has sounded like it's actually going to happen. The throw off between Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes brought it up. Josh Allen's brought it up now. It just needs to happen. We are sitting here on August 6th, 434. And I am very excited. They must have watched my video or something uh, to see how to properly throw football because, well, if you haven't watched it, go search 2020 Throwing Challenge, Logan Blackman Show. Uh, Yeah, let's just say I get it over 50 yards. Not a lot of people can say that. It's a very hard throw. Very tough, very hard throw there. But yeah, I'm very excited. Again, like we said earlier, like a few weeks ago when we first talked about this, it's Mark McGuire versus Ken Griffey Jr. Josh Allen's Mark McGuire. Patrick Mahomes, Ken Griffey Jr. Okay? Ken Griffey Jr. and Patrick Mahomes did everything sweet. The swing. The sweetest swing ever. Everything he did was so smooth. Patrick Mahomes can do everything on a football field. Ken Griffey Jr. could do everything on a baseball field. Mark McGuire is Josh Allen. Or Josh Allen's Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire slaps homers for fun. He gave me that realization that he's a home run hitter and that's all he did. Granny was on stairs, but he's hit dingers for fun. And I hate him for it because he played for the Cardinals. But Josh Allen's like that. Josh Allen checked down, I think, four times last season. Like, one, I think it was the least last year, wasn't it? Something like that? Maybe. I don't know. It's lasting a lot right now. I, I should have wrote it down. But Josh Allen's Mark McGuire, Patrick Mahomes, Ken Griffey Jr. If you're doing a home run derby, who are you taking? Mark McGuire or Ken Griffey Jr. I'm taking Mark McGuire. Now, if they've gone through a home run derby together and I just don't remember it, and Ken Griffey Jr. won, then this scraps everything I've just said. But Josh Allen can throw a football a country mile. Mark McGuire can launch baseballs. And that's why Josh Allen is going to win this thing. Patrick Mahomes can do the thrower. He can do all the different throwing motions. He can go on the big stages, do the biggest things. But Josh Allen is purely built to throw a football for. 
just like Mark McGuire was built to smash baseballs, to dick slap baseballs. That is what Mark McGuire is for. Josh Allen's there, but in throwing football status. So in my predictions here, I'm going to go with Josh Allen throwing a massive 87 yards and Patrick Mahomes throwing it 83.5 yards. So my winner, by unanimous decision, Josh, America's quarterback, Allen. I saw his nickname, but I gave it to him, so I think it's going to stick now. But yeah, that's my prediction. I We've talked about this before, and I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. So again, we've already done it. I don't remember what what episode of the Logan Blackman show we've talked about it on, but we have talked about this. So, yeah. I think this was a great show today. A lot better. A thousand times better than Tuesday's show. I hope you didn't listen to Tuesday's show. I hope you just listened to today's show. But, yeah. I hope you enjoyed it, because I certainly enjoyed it. I cannot wait for Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. I hope you watched Minnesota United versus Orlando City last night. And you know who won. So, yeah. That's all I've got for you today on this Friday edition of Logan Blamish Show. We did Friday Fun Day. We went through all of our fun stuff today with the, the Big Ten schedule, Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Fun stuff today. Absolutely enjoyed today's show. And with that being said, I will see you guys on Monday. Hopefully. So hopefully we don't do another season, another week like this where we upload two episodes a week and one of them sucks and the other one's really good. That's coming from me, though. I'm biased. But whatever. Peace.